Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I, uh, I hate that he died thinking it was really Starfleet that betrayed him. It betrayed itself. But Starfleet did betray him. We did betray ourselves long before O gave Vandermeer that order. The ban itself was a betrayal. Oh, the Jat Vash, they set the trap, but we could merely have sidestepped it. Instead, we gave way to fear. It took her all of five minutes to hack my ship, Picard. And now, maybe there's a whole planet of them. Rafi said the Romulans called her the Destroyer. What if they're right? They may be right about what happened 200,000 years ago. The past is written, but the future is left for us to write. And we have powerful tools, Rios. Openness, optimism, and the spirit of curiosity. All they have is secrecy and fear. And fear is the great destroyer, Rios, not... We're there. Everyone and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we pack our bags and get our stories straight and try to put everything back together as we prepare for the two-part season finale. It's season one, episode eight of Star Trek Picard, Broken Pieces. But first, he's the apocalyptic imagery-induced insanity that shut down my Borg cube. It's James. How are you doing, James? That's that. It's fairly accurate this week. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> and he's the head of the space coven that holds the secrets of the coming synthetic doom. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right. Good news, Crowley. Um, they make disposable ribbed probe covers for you. Oh, there you go. Um, I don't. I don't even know what to say to that, Rob, other than... If I have coronamidia, I got it from you. It is uh, well, you know, given with love, I'm sure. Yeah, quick Google search. It's (laughs) only they're only uh, you can get two hundred of them for five forty nine. Oh wow, that's a steal. That That is is a steal. steal. Yeah, yeah. Are they big enough for cattle uh, uh, cattle thermometers? I don't know, Um, but you know, I'm sure they'll stretch just a little bit and. Shove it on that thermometer. That's what she said. For those that don't know what we're talking about, just listen to the uh, outtakes at the end. Wow. Yeah, because Rob will be singing on it. (laughs) And we'll be talking about butt thermometers. (laughs) Oh, so let's uh, go over what's happening with uh, CBC in the shows uh, this week. It's been shut down for two weeks. That's right. No, CBC has not been shut down because of the coronavirus this week. Um, BGA is going to be reviewing Baldur's Gate 2 that will uh, release Thursday this week. And uh, that's in anticipation of Baldur's Gate 3 that's coming up soon. So check that out. Uh, Drunkenomics dropped an episode this past week discussing the recent oil market trends. Um, So check that out to see if uh, the coronavirus has has fucked up your your oil prices or if it's something not related to that necessarily. (laughs) 
Uh, James, what's happening over at Simply Stogies? Uh, Simply Stogies took the week off this week because I needed it after pumping out uh, content week after week after week back to That's the uh, bi-weekly, right, bi-weekly <laughs> schedule starting on the first. But this week, I'm actually going to have Aaron from Drunkenomics on. We'll be recording Wednesday night. Uh, so look for that uh, Sunday this next week. So I'm, I'm not even sure what the dates are. Uh, but then on the first, I have a very special guest coming up from a very special place that I don't want to ruin. So big surprises over at Simply Stogies. Special Ooh. guest from a special place. It's not Rob because special means something different when we talk about Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's Christina Hendricks. Ooh. Yeah, did you look, did you get Christina look, Hendricks to do an interview? Would you would you, you going to explain what happened when you were gone? Would you I would lift tell everybody. Your your quarantine for her? I I would. Okay. I would shout from the top of every mountain if it was Christina Hendricks. It's not it's not. And plus if it was Christina Hendricks, she'd be on this show. I'd be like, "Come on, babe. You got to come on this show for me, please." And then she say, "Yes, sure, daddy, whatever." And then like, God. <laughs> God, your Christina Hendricks impression is awful. It's terrible. <laughs> All of my impressions are awful. I don't know why this is shocking to anybody. I can do Frank. I can do a Frank impression. Oh, leave Frank in the closet, please. Nobody leaves Nobody. Frank in the closet. <laughs> Nobody puts Frank in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we have the Keanu Reeves Day petition up on smoking and drinking in space up in the upper right hand corner. It says sign the Keanu Reeves petition. So head to smoking and drinking in space.com. Uh, click on that link and sign our petition so that we can make Keanu Reeves Day a thing. So I'm pretty sure if you sign that petition, there's a good chance that coronavirus goes away. You don't know until don't you try. It, people do it. <laughs> you don't know uh, unless you try. Right. That's 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 sage medical advice. <laughs> Rob, you got some news for us this week? Always. Well, lay it on us, big boy. <clears throat> uh so a number of movies uh have been canceled uh as far as their premiere goes just in light of what's been happening. Uh, you got things like um, uh, Mulan, uh, the Fast and the Furious, ser- uh, F- Fast and the Furious series, uh, and then the one that I uh, I was actually looking forward to was A Quiet Place Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of that sci-fi horror um, sequel to A Quiet Place. Uh, so they they haven't said, hey, this is when we're going to re-release it or uh, when we're going to release it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, that gives me a little bit more time to actually watch the quiet place part one. You would, I think you would like it. Yeah. I wanted to see it. I just, that was a busy time of the year and I didn't get to as many movies as I wanted to that, that point. You know why I liked it? There was no talking and no subtitles. It sounds kind of dull. Oh no, it was good. It was glorious. There was, it was good. No, it's a good movie. It's interesting. Wait, so it's like an hour and a half of nothing? Like there's no sound whatsoever? No, there's sounds. I mean, you hear some sounds, but they don't do... They, there's very little talking in the entire uh, uh, movie. They use sign language, uh, hand signals and gestures and things like that. Well, um, if there's sign language and there's no and there's no subtitles, 
can can you use uh, uh, sign language, Rob? Uh, I cannot use sign language. Um, and now that you say that, there might have been some subtitles due to yeah. the uh, mm. sign language, maybe. Mm. Or they um, just, maybe. or there was enough context that you could figure Correct. out what they were signing. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a hot minute since I've watched it. Uh, I, I plan on watching it again before I go and see part two, uh, because part two picks up like right after part one. Um, it, it's like minutes after part where part one left off. Um, so. Pretty cool. Check it out when it comes out. Which will be 2021. Or whenever. <laughs> what else you got for us? Um, so let's just, uh, let's stay on the bandwagon because that seems to be the news for everything. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that canceled. I really don't care uh, about. But some of the other stuff that has been uh, halted temporarily, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which uh, is unfortunate. Yeah, because... Uh, Man, there's still just nothing on Disney Plus. Although they did release uh, Frozen, Frozen Two. Frozen Two. Oh, dude. Okay. So I told my I told my family that I was like, hey, you know, uh, just in passing, I was like, hey, Frozen Two got released three months early, and my two youngest boys freaked out, and then just they're like, oh boy, and then they started singing. <laughs> <laughs> I think mostly to piss me off, but they started I, uh, singing. I we were nothing, in the car. <laughs> nothing uh, nice to say here, so yeah. I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, and you're welcome, Rob. Yes, thanks. Uh, it was I th- they do it to piss me off. Sure, they do. Um, sure. In other MCU news, uh, it looks like um, Liam Hemsworth, uh, Baby Thor. Um, is being eyed for potentially Beta Ray Bill. Oh, that's the dragon-looking Thor, right? That, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. the yeah, whatever. Yeah, the horse Thor or whatever he and is. I thought yeah. he was like a horse or a camel or something. I yeah, always thought him like and that. Camel yeah. Joe looked a lot alike. Yeah, just one without the fil- the the cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. Wait, wait, I thought he was a camel horse? Joe or Joe the Camel. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. He's got a big, long, long, he's got a long face. He has a very long face. When he walks into a bar, the bartender says, why the long face? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so technically he is a Corbinite from the planet of Corbin. Okay. What the, the fuck, fuck is, is a Corbinite? Uh, it looks like a freaking horse. <laughs> So I'm looking at the Beta Ray Bill cover for the Mighty Thor 337. It doesn't look like a horse. I said camel. It doesn't look like a camel. It looks kind of like a dinosaur. Oh, whatever. Anyway, he's too too small to be a dinosaur. Well, I'm not saying he is a dinosaur. I'm saying the face looks kind of dinosaur-like. And and there are all kind of sizes of dinosaurs. Is it elongated? It's a front view, so. We'll find find a side view. I'm uh, looking. View. Yeah, profile view. He's kind of horse-like. Yeah, he's horse. Thank you. He's very yeah. horse-like. He's horse-like. He's just got he's he's ho- he's got a horse-like snout, but a uh, you know I could see teeth like a dinosaur maybe. Um, here you go, Jason. Has he bitten anything? Has, has he bitten anything? I don't know. Well, have you seen? His, I don't know. Oh, you see his teeth here. I, I posted oh, okay. a pic. There, oh, okay. I appreciate got that. Some sharp. Some sharp oh, that's, teeth that, that looks like a fucking horse, man. Yeah, it does. I don't yeah. think you've ever seen the, a horse. 
I don't think you've ever seen a horse. Uh, correction, James. Uh, Great comeback or, there, dude. I'm sorry. Correction, yeah. Jason. James has never seen a horse from that side. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's uh, very clever, it, Rob. It was. It was. Yeah. No, I'll let you have it. Uh, Thanks. You're welcome. Now that is that 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 looks like a horse, dude. Yeah. And he's uh, brown like a camel. So you I, know, horses are brown too. <laughs> yeah. Fucking a. Not, but not like that. That's camel brown. So I'm going to okay. go ahead and say that I get two points there, and Jason gets none. Mm. Okay, so Bay Ray Bill is forever known as a camel horse. Yeah, he's or a camel horse, camel. horse. Horse camel. Whatever. Cam, camel horse rolls off the tongue a little bit better. You know what he doesn't look like? A, a dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah. 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 There's no feathers. No. No. And we all know now that dinosaurs had feathers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Oh, looks God. like a fucking horse. Yeah, that does not look like a fucking horse. You don't know what a horse looks like. That, Moving on. What else you got? Uh, my last bit of information. Um, CRISPR has been used inside a person for the first time ever. Oh, yeah? What'd they do with it? Uh, they modified some genes. Um, well, that's what that's CRISPR what, does. Because that's what CRISPR does. Uh, they modified some genes uh, to... Uh, mo- um, to try to correct a particular form of blindness uh, to help restore a patient's vision. Did it um, work? Uh, I mean, that's good, the that, that's a question. Good question. Like, did you um, read the article before so, you yeah, decided no, to no. talk about it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, they don't know yet. They, uh, they don't know if, if the effects worked right away. Um, Basically, the patient went under. Uh, he they suffer from Leber. I'm sorry, Leber congenital amaurosis, which is an eye disorder that affects the retina and causes severe visual impair, uh, impairment starting as a baby. Um, and it's based off of a. It, it's caused by a gene mutation, so they tried to fix that gene, and um, they're hoping that it works. Um, well, yeah, they're today, hoping it tomorrow, works. Otherwise, they wouldn't yeah. have done it. It doesn't. It doesn't There's say. No timeline. Yeah, it doesn't say on here uh, whether or not it was. You, you know whether or not it's come back. Um, the hour-long procedure was uh, executed while he was under general anesthesia, dropping anesthesia, dropping fluid that contained the sequences into the linings of the patient's eyes. Um, I get, I guess they're hoping that it regrows the lining um, or something. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, you, you know, I, I doubt it's one of those things, you know, it's DNA. It's not like you flip a switch and it's like, Oh, I can see now, you know, so uh, they're, they're are hopeful. You, are you sure it's not like that? I, I, you know, I'm not a DNA wizard, but I would assume that, you know, you could have just said, I'm not a wizard. I'm not a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so glad that when you talked about this and we have no idea if it works, how we long don't. it's going to take to work. It, how will they be like, like, are they just going to wait like 10 years and be like, well, fuck, I guess it didn't work. Let's try again. So, uh, so there's very little risk to the patient, um, because the type of cells affected, um, don't divide, so it's not like it's going to mutate and he's going to end up with, like, a second eye behind his eye. Um, 
but they don't, you know, <laughs> well, they don't. Well, thank God for that. Right, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't say whether or not it, like, was completely successful or, I mean, obviously, I guess, plopping the drugs I would imagine if it was successful. completely successful, he would have come out of anesthesia and been like, fuck, I can see. <laughs> Damn, you're ugly. All right, yeah, what else you got? That is all I have. There's it's... no new episode of Picard this week? Oh, shit. Did you not um, look that up? The, the, I forgot. God. There was a new Maybe episode of Picard. research on the fly. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Hold on. <laughs> hey, good news, guys. Uh, episode um, You're quitting. seven. No, episode eight. Oh. I'm sorry. Episode eight of Picard came out this past week. You should check it out. Yeah, if you had listened to the show from last week, you'd know that episode seven dropped last week. Uh, well, you know, you know, Crowley doesn't listen to the show, um, and that was uh, that was obvious because he said, "Yeah, you guys, I really wish Jason would put the outtakes at the end of the show." And then I there was a that's whole not what slew. I said. You oh, said yes. you wish you uh, Jason would put all the times that he messes up doing the outro. He doesn't do it every week. He no. only does it on some weeks. Right, and you wish okay, to put well, it at the end, and he did. Okay, so my statement still stands. I wish that he would do that all the time. All the not mess just, up all the time. Just, you wish that yeah, I would yeah. mess up all the time. But Jason doesn't mess up. All I the didn't time. say you don't mess up all the time. Listen, he's, I want to be clear on that. I didn't say that you did not because I think he's motherfucking Mary Poppins, practically oh, perfect in every way. Who, Jason? Yes. Well, no, just ask that you, is Rob. not accurate. Just ask Who him. Told I don't want to ask him. Stop stroking his ego and whatever else it is you're stroking over there. I think uh, I think we're good here. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Nice. <laughs> Fine. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Flashback 14 years in the past and the Alpha Iota Alpha sorority preps for initiation to welcome their new sisters into the fold. The ritual consists of pledging your eternal loyalty, drinking what looks like pig's blood but is really just spicy tomato juice, and grabbing a mysterious plasma conduit that floods your head full of apocalyptic images and hoping you don't go insane. Standard stuff, really. Meanwhile, the littlest space ninja is hiding out on the Borg cube, but the Romulans are very good at hide and seek. They find him and go to tag him to make him it, but Seven of Nine comes aboard to tell everyone that the streetlights are on and it's time to head in for the evening. She takes Elna to the Queen's chambers, decides she likes the decor, and starts measuring for drapes. On the La Sirena, Rios is dumb-stricken by the sight of other Dash. Raffi gives Picard the lowdown on Gerati's murderous, traitorous ways, and Picard makes a call to Admiral Clancy. Clancy is much more receptive to helping JL out now that he has more than wild speculation and conjecture, and agrees to send a fleet to assist, but not before telling him to shut the fuck up, which is probably the highlight of her career. Rios has holed himself in his quarters and Raffi is trying to figure out what's got him so blue. She calls a meeting of the holograms and learns that Rios has met other Dash before, or rather other other Dash. It turns out there were two synthetics picked up by the Ibn Majid when Rios was the commander, a male and a female. The female was the spitting image of other Dash, but the captain of the ship was given orders by Commodore O to kill the synths. The captain, unable to live with what he did, took his life in front of Rios. Rios had no choice but to cover everything up to save his ship. Raffi consoles Rios as they listen to his quote-unquote Walkman. 
Back in sick bay, Jurati is playing 20 questions with other Dash and treating her like a new interactive toy when other Dash shuts her up by asking if Jurati considers her an actual person. On the artifact, Queen Seven activates the Cockroach Brigade to start repairing the cube and wakes the drones in preparation for an attack on the Romulans. But the Romulans, not to be outdone, blow the force fields containing the atmosphere in the regeneration pod areas and ejects the drones into space. Well played. The Romulan fleet beats feet out of the sector, but Narissa is caught in a Borg zombie apocalypse of her own making. Annika detaches from the cube as she's got more work to be done, Picard says fuck off to prophecy, and Roll Dodge's compass is pointing the way home. Credits. So you called Man, it. You I did call you it. You said that the compass was going to point home. Yep. I called it, which I, I think that really lends some credence to the Captain McCracken whatever the fuck his name is, I forget, is, uh, might be Q. Um, or the compass, uh, that, that gravitational, or the gravimetrics that were, I guess, opening up the, the Borg transwarp conduit were strong enough to actually pull the, the compass towards it. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. know where to go at first. Yeah, I, 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 you might be right. That just seems very... Um, I don't know. I want to say that seems pretty coincidental. It's a board. Yeah, it might it's be a board compass. It's a board, a board compass. compass. Yeah, it, the board don't need it's compasses. Like, it's like a transwarp divining rod. I like that they brought the whole transwarp thing back from oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. from Voyager. I like that a lot. Yeah. There was there's a lot of good in this episode, but I really think this episode is kind of mediocre as far as where it stands with all the other episodes we watched. Well, this this is a setup episode. So this is yes. gathering all the pieces, getting them in place for this massive two-part season finale that we're about to experience. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of shit that happens in these next two episodes. And I want hour and a half episodes. That's what I uh, really, that would be really nice. want, Jason. Yeah. I, I want hour and a half episodes. I want everything tied up in a nice, neat bow. And then it sends Picard off on his you know journey to die at the, in the stars and not on earth mm, i think what Spoiler. we're gonna get is <laughs> season two <laughs> i think what we're gonna get is uh whatever this entity that comes whenever ai hits a certain threshold is gonna appear and they're gonna have to start <sighs> dealing with that in season two okay then it, it, I, I suppose i'm okay with that if season two has more of the next gen crew in it. Maybe like, I, I don't know, maybe all of them, because I'm going to be honest, <laughs> Picard and Rios and Rafi on this ship are no match for just about anything or anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, can see I that. Mean, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty underpowered compared to all the other ships. I mean, even the, the 70, 80 year old uh, Romulan ship in episode two or three, that yeah, that Romulan warbird, the the old yeah, style the Romulan war, warbird. warbird, right from the Kirk days. I mean, it overpowered them. While his ship is fast, it is certainly not a warship. It is not built for that kind of thing. So, if that's the case, is all of this and him coming to terms with everything, and and we'll talk about the admiral and and all of that here in just a second. Is that building to Rios getting his own ship and Picard getting back into Starfleet? Is that what this is all building towards? And he gets a brand new ship with Rios at the helm and they kind of just go off and have adventures until he dies. Maybe I think they'll keep the same ship. 
I, but why? But be but they would be like um, uh, retrofitted, chartered, ch- retrofitted, or I was going to say chartered uh, as a. Well, it's already chartered. Uh, well, I mean yeah. chartered as a federation. Oh, I see what you say. Redesignated as a as yeah, a yeah, USS. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. USS. The Rocky USS Picard. Yeah. Oh no no no! It's going to be USS Engage. The USS Snakebite. <laughs> I look. I, I don't. Fine. I guess. I don't know. I, I would rather see them on uh, the bridge of an actual goddamn starship. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Are, I, I think the they might keep the the small ragtag group that's able to operate under the radar rather than basically recreate the next generation part. I don't two. want a recreation of the next generation. I really don't. I, I promise I don't. But I have a hard time seeing season two being this big ancient alien uh, synthetic race that's going to, you know, destroy the galaxy. So what I and being what, taken on by by Picard and his ragtag bunch of group, you know, in a what is the equivalent of a space RV. <laughs> like I just don't. I don't. See oh, well, it. seriously. I mean, the the decor in this thing or the set design in this thing is um, terrible. No, no, it's, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. What? what? Terrible. Why? Okay. Why the fuck are they using wire mesh picnic tables? It's Spartan wire mesh picnic tables. This is Sparta. I mean, okay, start, okay, I know you don't know this, Jason, but in Discovery, their their uh, uh, mess hall was Spartan as well, but still looked futuristic, and the way they did that is they had metal tables and chairs and uh, things like uh, that. So how you fucking do- futuristic do you need your mess hall to be? <laughs> I mean, you just need a goddamn place to set your tray and sit your ass. Dude, I could have gone to Costco, bought four rolls of uh, four four cases of toilet paper and the picnic table. And maybe he did that. I doubt it. You don't know. He may have uh, gone to space Costco and done the exact same fucking thing. Man, uh, he needs some better stuff have you ever sat in one of those wire picnic yes tables? i have they hurt after a while not very comfy and it's he like looks those, like a man that loves his comfiness <laughs> yeah i mean it's like those grates like <laughs> dig into your ass no kidding then you got that waffle you've got that waffle print on your butt cheeks from like so that's where long. you got that i thought that was some yeah. kind of weird disease yeah it's uh hey at least i don't have waff, uh, waffle prints on the bottom of my feet from waffle stomping oh god oh my god uh for those of you who aren't familiar with waffle stomping join well, our discord out, yeah <laughs> check out our discord uh um Jeez. so the zatvash yes um the oh, wait, wait 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 before you do the zatvash because zatvash is Commodore O, right? She's, She's part of it, yeah. She's also part Romulan. She is part, part Romulan. Vulcan. Yes. 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 Ah, which, which explains how she is both yes. Zatvaj and able to mind meld. Yes. Correct. Because we had this discussion and everyone just assumed that, that uh, not I, by everyone, I mean Robin, Jason, assumed that she was just Vulcan and part of the Zatvaj. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. I don't get it. 
I don't understand it. Well, we explained uh, how that could be is if uh, the Federation was in on all of this. And it seems like the Federation as a whole really isn't. It's just they've been infiltrated by the Zatvaj. Correct. Yes. Yes, that is exactly it. So she's part Romulan, part part Vulcan. I think that ties that loose end up pretty nicely. Yeah. I mean that was that was a good explanation. Now one of the one of the things that I'm not quite sure on, and I wanted to pose this question to you guys to make sure that I'm not missing something, is if the Zod Vaj came about because of this mysterious planet, and and now we know that the Conclave of Eight is it's more eight about suns. the suns mm-hmm. rather than the number of people in a Conclave, and that suns as in planetary bodies, not kids. No, that's suns as in stars, not planets. You know there's a difference between a, a planet and a star, right? So they would be stellar bodies. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, again, that, no, that's that's no, not that's an equivalent. Not, potato, no, no. potato. <laughs> no, may, maybe potato, apple. <laughs> or potato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, that, that would potato, tomato. About, that's a good one. What about apple pin? Anyways... So if the Zavaj came because of this mysterious message on this planet, bring it within this artificial solar system. Mm-hmm. And this artifact is hundreds of thousands of years old. And the mm-hmm. Zavaj is supposedly thousands of years old. How did mm-hmm. they get to this planet to begin with? I mean, when the Zavaj was supposedly formed, did they have warp drive capability? Well, I mean, that, it, it would suggest that the Zatvaj was formed around the time that they split from the Vulcans, but I don't know that they had warp drive capability at that point. I'm not versed enough in the, the history of, of the Vulcan Romulan split. Well, so they did have uh, warp capability at the time, although it was probably fairly limited to just over warp, warp one. Is what I meant to say there. So fairly limited to over, just barely over warp one. Just over so, warp. Because they did have, they they had the interstellar travel, which is how they got from Vulcan to their new Romulus. planet, uh, Romulus. Okay. Yeah, they, so, had to, they had to have had some sort of warp factor Yeah. Um, when they moved. Well, I don't know. So, I don't know how far Vulcan is from Romulus. It's, so, I mean, it's in the same sector. It's in the beta quadrant, if I remember. No, Vulcan is actually... If you look at the star charts, and the reason I know this is Star Trek Online, uh, Vulcan is actually fairly close to the Sol system, which is ours. Right. Uh, I'm talking in uh, astrological terms, not Earth terms. So it's when I say fairly close, it's several hundred thousand light years. Romulus, on the other hand, is it's still in the beta quadrant, but it is it, it it's probably I'm just trying to think. It's several sectors over without without doing research on the fly and actually jumping into the game and looking. It's several sectors over, at least three or four sectors over. So 3.621 light years. There you go. That's it? It looks larger on the map. On the so Vulcan is only three and a half light years away from Romulus? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So it can't be. Somebody no. said from the wrong. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. From the Romulan neutral zone to Romulus okay. is 3.621 okay. light years. Sorry. Well, that's probably um, accurate. That doesn't seem so accurate either say, because... The, they say it shouldn't be much further than about 50 or 60 light years from Earth. 
Um, Romulus isn't. Um, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, that doesn't yeah. make sense because no. in this is just people conjecture. Last best Sorry. hope, they were saying that the Romulan star going supernova was going to span about uh, the devastation from that was going to span about a ten light year sphere. So that would push it across the neutral zone, but they were shipping Romulans to Federation planets that were just on the other side of the neutral zone. So that doesn't make sense either. Uh, did, have we looked up Memory Alpha? Mm, I'm, I didn't see anything when I did a. How far is Vulcan? Well, that's your from homework, Romulus? Rob. <laughs> that's your homework. <sighs> that's your homework. You can uh, you can explain it all next episode. <laughs> Uh, just FYI, when I put in distance from Vulcan to Romulus into Google, just FYI, I get, uh, it's four hours and 24 minutes. Uh, and that's from Vulcan <laughs> materials company on Vulcan Boulevard, Boulevard <laughs> nice. in Illinois to, uh, Romulus, Michigan. Nice. Very Sweet. nice. Yeah. Thank you Sweet. so much. So Google. four, four and a half hours, <laughs> four and a half fun. hours. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> there's your answer thank you google oh so useless <laughs> oh, man. now um so I'm, I'm curious about about that if if the zot Vaj, because that that presumes that they split off from vulcan they founded and colonized romulus and then they started exploring and then found this eight star uh solar system in their neck of the woods, which I'm not sure how far this planet or this solar system is from, from the Romulan homeworld. If, well, it's over if, in their area. Yeah. Well, it's it it's in their space. Far enough away that it wasn't destroyed by the supernova. True. So it has to be so, more than 10 light years away. Right. Okay. But we're talking about two, we're talking about two cultures that have had warp capability for quite a while. Yeah. For quite a while. Ancient quite a while. So it's not like the Vulcans had just recently found warp when 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 they found the humans uh on, on first contact. Right. When they when they found Zephyr they've they'd had it for centuries upon centuries before that. So it was Earth, it was humans who joined a much larger social network right right uh, right not not the other way we all, all we did and well we, had the fleshed had out the, an enterprise was bring everybody together had the andorians to. and the what, what's the other one the thorians yeah or the, the andorians and the vulcans were actually at each other's throats yeah they, they're they next door to each other yeah, yeah. They, well there, there's, there's four main races for the united federation of planets right the vulcans the right. humans Tel the andorians and what's the other one tellarites tellarites that doesn't, sound, right. that doesn't sound right, but maybe it is. I, th I thought it was like Thorian or not Tholian, but. No, it was Tellarites. Okay. So had the Andorians and the Tellarites had already started this or was. No, the Andorians were very. Uh, okay. So the Vulcans were scientific, right? They were the ones who were out exploring uh, and charting, which makes sense then that the Romulans would do the same thing, except they would do it in the name of conquest. Uh, you had the Klingons running around doing the same thing because they're very warlike. Uh, you had the Andorians who were, they, they didn't get along with the Vulcans. 
And so they, uh, and plus they like, they like the cold. So they didn't really do a lot of uh, exploring. I don't think uh, they, they just, they wanted to just stay on their home planet and do their thing, but they kept getting pulled into stuff and uh, they, they hated the Vulcans. Cause I don't remember why go watch enterprise. Uh, and then there was the Zindi who ended up coming in uh, about the time that the Federation was formed, who were trying to destroy the Federation before it was formed. Yeah. The whole uh, temporal Cold yeah. war. Yeah. Because of temporal yeah. time travel bullshit that Rob mm. got a boner through the entire mm. episode. Yeah. The entire like <laughs> third or fourth well, season. Well, between, between the uh, time travel boner and the T'Pol boner, it, oh, T'Pol. it was hard to tell. I don't know, man. Hoshi. Well, yeah. Hoshi's Hoshi's hot too. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I, I guess I'm not seeing the issue. Well, I I'm just trying to to gather the timeline. Like I said, I wasn't familiar enough with Vulcan and Romulan history to to know if they had interstellar capabilities of that caliber enough to where they could explore that far out and find this secret world to start up the Zatvaj. Well, I, well apparently they if did. You, right. If you've got, if you have, if you're warp capable, it means that you've got sensors and you're out, you know, building star maps, right? I, what's I, like eight stars around one planet. Uh, you're going to, you're going to notice it, which is, I think was the point of it. Like, how did that get there? Why is it here? What the hell is going on? And then you're meant to investigate. You go to the planet, and then you see the thing. Sure, so it was like a. It, it was meant to be a beacon. So I even it, even at very limited technology, which would have predated anything we saw in Enterprise and predated anything uh, we we saw in even the original series. Uh, they're going to be able to do it. They're going to be able to find it. They're going to be able to see it, especially if they're out. They colonize this planet. They break off from Vulcan and they're out and about doing their thing, trying to make sure that they're in a safe spot, that there aren't any enemies about. Right. So I, I, again, I guess I don't, I don't see the issue, especially with Romulans being Romulans. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that the Romulans hid this from everyone and even created a, a, an entirely super secret order around this one kind of artifact planet is not surprising. That's, that's just what the Romulans do. Yeah. I, I think what was surprising for me anyway, uh, is that they didn't scrub all of the ancient star charts. <laughs> like, okay, look, yeah. if you, if you're starting just the current secret, ones, just right, the current if ones. you're, if you're starting a super secret organization and it is all about, you know, eight planets with one with or eight suns with one planet in the middle. And you don't want anybody to find it ever. Like you go back and you scrub everything from the very first time that it was, was put on a star chart. And you make sure that the only people that know about it is your organization, but they didn't do that. They only got rid of it in modern star charts for whatever reason, the ancient star charts still had it. Right. So my other question is related to this planet Aya or Aya or however you want to call it. It's AIA, which is interesting. AI and then A. So it's a, not only is it 
a palindrome, but it, it has AI in the middle, which also speaks to the duality, which I'll talk about a little bit farther along as well. Um, is are they interpreting the vision that they get from this correctly? And is the vision that they're getting from this the entire vision or is their physiology not capable of handling the entire vision or absorbing the entire vision? Because all we see are these quick flashes of just apocalyptic scenes. So they're having to interpret what they're seeing. Do you think are they we're interpreting actually seeing in their entire vision? I, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say we are. You don't think it's a cliff notes version? <laughs> no, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think so. <clears throat> no. Cause it, it's consistent well, every time they show it here. Here's what I would say. I, I would say that it probably depends on at what point they found it in their, uh, the evolutionary ladder. Well, they, they, they found it. What? A thousand, couple thousand years ago. So, right. So, but how soon after they left Vulcan? Because while Vulcan developed their psychic abilities, Romulans didn't. So if this is, if, if they kind of forsook that whole, their whole Vulcan lineage and decided not to, not to focus on developing and enhancing their, their psychic ability, then it, it, it just depends. If it's a couple hundred years later, I don't know. Are they misinterpreting it or are they not misinterpreting it? Uh, if it's a thousand years later, it's possible, I suppose, that they just have totally rejected everything about their Vulcan heritage and said, fuck it. And now they are misinterpreting it because they don't have, they're not getting the full story. And that would be why O is not able to get the full story because she's only half Vulcan. So if you have somebody who is telepathic and who has the ability to kind of parse things, I mean, Vulcans are really good at parsing things in their, in their mind and setting things aside, setting things like emotion to the side and not letting that affect them. You would, you would think that a Vulcan would be able to get blasted with all of these images and be able to eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually go through each image in their mind and put together a whole story and put together a picture, a a complete picture and not just this and not just have this, this knee jerk reaction of Holy cow, this is what happened to this race because they created AI. That's certainly going to happen to us. Well, and, and I understand that and I, I I get your point there, but my point is broader than that because even would a would a Vulcan be even compatible with underst or or getting the entire message? So my my question is more around compatibility. This was built by a far more ancient race than the Vulcans and the Romulans. This thing's supposedly over two hundred thousand years old. So whoever built this, the the Vulcans and Romulans probably didn't even exist at that point. Whoever built this would have to somehow try and convey a message to whoever came across it. Would they be able to anticipate all the variables involved in that to to get a message? I mean, who they they would have no idea of who may come across this and and how to get that message out to. I them. see what you're saying. Yeah, I, so a language barrier, right, and an experience barrier. I see what you're. I see what you're saying now. Well, 
I suppose. I, if you're looking at it from from that point of view, that it is, I would say almost certain that the Romulans are misinterpreting it. I, I, and and this, but maybe they're not. And <laughs> I mean, we, right. And this leads into uh, my my bigger question and the problem that I have with a lot of stories that involve prophetic visions and prophecies is you're basing a a story or a storyline or the characters are basing their reactions and their their future plans on some kind of vague prophetic vision that they have really no no context around and no idea how to interpret and i thought it was really good that the 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 story writers basically wrote Picard as saying, you know, fuck it. This happened in the past. This doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in the future. We create our own destiny. We're going to do the things that we know are right. And, and, you know, we can use this as maybe a primer to understand what might happen and how to avoid that situation, but we shouldn't base our decisions on this because we don't have the full context around it. We don't understand what happened back then. Okay. But so you're looking at, I think you're looking at it right and wrong at the same time. So Romulans are going to interpret these visions as, (laughs) as a warning, as a, this is like, we shouldn't even be messing with this because it's going to destroy everything. Sure. sure. And And then that speaks to their, their society and their culture. Right. They're, Right, their culture, where they're very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They are paranoid. Paranoid, very paranoid. They're mistrusting of others, very mistrusting of others. Where humans uh, in in this, uh, in Star Trek, are very benevolent. They are very, they're curious. They just want to explore. They want to, they understand that they are not the end-all, be-all of the universe, and they want to see what else is out there. And so... Picard is interpreting it in that way, in that, okay, if it truly is what you say it is, then that doesn't mean we have to make the same mistakes. We can learn from it and we can do things differently. Our future is not written. We write it. And so I I, I get that, but I, I get it from a, not Picard the character, but just how all humans in Star Trek are kind of portrayed. Yeah, but isn't Picard supposedly, you know, the... The, the epitome, the epitome of of yeah. what Starfleet is. I mean, he he's the poster child for Starfleet. <laughs> Didn't they say that in the show? <laughs> I he's, think they may have. He's still on the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, yeah, what do you I think about? We've anything, just had Rob. a fucking 10, 15 minute conversation here. <laughs> we did. I, I tuned out. I'm sorry. Oh, All right, good talk, Rob. No, really. Uh, no, I didn't. Actually, I was looking up uh, some stuff about your, your timeline issue with Romulans. And, You're supposed uh, to do homework after class, Rob. <sighs> well, anyway, so do you want to hear what I found out? <laughs> sure. Ninth century BC, Vulcans were capable of space travel. Romulans disappear or didn't disappear. They uh, broke off sometime during the great uh, time of awakening, um, which was in the fourth century BC. 
Um, and then uh, they returned back to space somewhere in the year. Um, well, they Vulcan returned back to space somewhere in the 19th century. Oh, wow. So Vulcan was not in space for almost a thousand years. Yeah, it took them a little over 1,500 years after the time of awakening uh, to rebuild and travel to the stars. Um, so they had it at some point, and uh, you know, they were capable of space travel, and that's when uh, Romulan, uh, the Romulans, or the what became the Romulans, separated. Um, and that was uh, nine, right around the 9th century B.C., Okay, so Romulans broke off 9th century BC. Correct. Founded Romulus. Mm -hmm. And then the awakening happened when? Uh, the f uh, 4th century, uh, so somewhere around 500 the years later. Yeah. No, for like 4th century. Oh, 4th century. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, so yeah. 900 years later. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the Romulans... Yeah, so yeah, you got ninth century years of yeah, ninth century BC for space. Then fourth century, they went uh, Vulcan went crazy, um, you know, tearing itself apart with the nuclear holocaust stuff. Um, and it took and them fifteen hundred years to rebuild. Correct. Wow, you yeah, would so think time, that Romulans yeah. would be much more advanced. Yeah, so 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 the Romulan actually so Romulans um during this great or the time of awakening uh you know they didn't want to follow Sirach's teachings and that's when they broke off and then eventually found Romulus. So and they had they had space you know they had space capabilities at that point in time. Um Oh wait, I thought so, I thought you said Romulans broke off around 900 BC. No. For, no, the fourth century. So it, by the in the ninth century BC, Vulcan was capable of space travel. Okay. Okay. So the time of the awakening happened in the fourth century, and that is oh, when okay. that is when the Romulans broke off. So Vulcan had ca uh, space capabilities at one point, and then didn't because of the whole tearing themselves. Well, uh, you know, kind of like how we like went to the moon and then we had the third world war and didn't do space. <laughs> right. It, according to insurrection or uh, uh, first contact, first contact and all that right, kind of stuff, yeah. right. So, so it took them 50, it took Vulcan 1500 years to get back to doing space stuff. I'm thinking Romulans, they never quit doing space stuff once they left and yeah, found. That's what I'm saying. So thing. the, the yeah. Romulans had like 1500 years of, Planning and research and exploration right. over the Vulcans, you would think they would be more of a a powerhouse in the galaxy. And of course, I guess I, their I, think, I guess their paranoid ways kind of hampered right. that too. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is it they they're kind of their agent of their own misfortune there? Yeah. As far as you know, uh, isolationists, isolationists. All right, so we've got uh, we've got a pretty good explanation of what the Zatvaj is, how they got formed, and what their purpose is. One of the things that I'm a little fuzzy on is they spoke to 
um, something coming whenever AI hits a certain threshold. Is that so, something other Dodge? Because she's no. been called the destroyer, but that doesn't quite make sense because, I mean, there were others like her. Apparently, she, her and apparently Dodge and other Dodge weren't the only androids created or the synthetic life created. Right. And there's, there was other, other Dodge. Yeah. There's other, other Dodge. And then there's, um, mystery. Yeah. Flower dude. Yeah. Flower, flower child. Um, so it doesn't make sense that she is the thing that's supposed to come and, and destroy everything and, and create this synthetic apocalypse. Yeah. So I equated this to the exact opposite of Mass Effect. It does. It it does play a lot like Mass Effect. <laughs> you know, doesn't instead it? of instead of the you know organics hit that critical peak and AI come in and purge the place, it's AI hit this critical peak and then maybe an organic comes in yeah. and purges AI. Yeah. I'm I I saw a lot of parallels between. Those two things. I was, I almost went, oh, so Star Trek is part of Mass Effect series. Well, you um, could, I was like, well, no, it's opposite. It's the, yeah, it's the opposite of Mass Effect, but it's, it's the mirror universe. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the Mass beginning Effect. of BSG, though. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 With the, uh, this has all happened before, it'll happen again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With the Cylons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't think so I, I even read something that uh people were hypothesizing that the destroyer could actually even be like um Space Cersei. Space uh, Cersei is the destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just in turn because they were at the time, you know, cuz we don't know if she actually made it onto a ship or anything like that. You know, we see the trans personal transporter thing, but did she get infected with Borg technology. Oh, uh, you know, did, she, did they start did assimilating her? Right. Because it looks like, be, and the only reason why I think that might have happened is, is um, you know, Seven takes over as temporary Borg queen. And all of a sudden, all these XBs start working in concert. Before she took over, they were just standing there letting themselves get shot. That's true. So I'm wondering if they're, you know, with, with seven taking over, uh, you know, they've still got some Borg technology in them. So she hijacked their neural link, um, and reactivated their, nan their, their nanobots, uh, cause she still had nanobots, bots and Voyager. Right. So yeah, I think they all do. Would, right. They were able to, you know, you know, they had a number of episodes where they extracted her nanites, um, to use in some medical and reprogram them to use them in some medical thing. Right. So in fact, there's one where somebody uh, freaked out because they're like, Oh, I'm going to turn into a Borg. And they're like, no, we disabled that particular instruction set. But that's what I would, uh, th there was a, a theory that that might be something. Maybe space Cersei is the destroyer because, you know, and, and maybe it's not the destroyer of, of, AI, maybe it's the destroyer of the Zot Vosh, you know, hmm. taking it over or something like that. You know, they're, they were basically saying, well, what, what makes it, what makes us say that the AI is who destroys or, you know, something comes in to destroy the AI when it hits a tipping point. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some, 
something within the ranks comes in and does something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's all conjecture, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't know yet. And hopefully in the next two episodes, they'll kind of tighten that up and, and explain a lot of that. I, I think it would be poetic justice if space Cersei was a simulated. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be kind <laughs> Just of, I, desserts, think, I yeah. think that would be, well, I mean, cause you got, you have to assume that every, most everybody that is associated with the rec, not the reclamation part project, but the, the other side of it is Zot Vosh of some sort. Right. Well, they're all Tal Shiar. The security detail was definitely Tal Shiar. Okay. I'm not sure that they were necessarily Zat Vaj. You don't think so? No, I think the Zat Vaj were a pretty close-knit kind of group that had that vision. And if you notice, all the Zat Vaj were also female. So I'm not even sure that, uh, what's his face? I can't even, Narek? No. We haven't seen him in a couple fucking episodes. Well, we saw him at the the end end. of the episode. He he came flying he, in. Well, yeah, yeah we saw his ship. We haven't ran. seen him. Yeah. I right. I don't think it's just a. I don't think it's just a female thing. I think that just happened to be the. Uh, well, no, it can't be the female thing because there was male uh, Zotvash attackers at the beginning of the uh, series. Correct. Were Correct. they actual so, Zotvash though, or were they just that, El Shiar? I I would say. Uh, no, I would say Zatvash because, uh, even Picard's, uh, handmaiden was like, uh, <laughs> these guys are whatever. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, not uh, handmaiden. Sorry. Anyway, so even Picard's, uh, uh, slaves were, Jeez. um, <laughs> were like, these guys are, tell, uh, are Zatvash. These aren't Tal Shiar. No, only she said that. He well, said she, they were Tal Shiar. Right. He okay. said there was no Zatvash. Yeah. Look, uh, here's the thing. This is the problem in 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 real life as well as in this story. When you start trying to to interpret any kind of uh, prophecy, you're you're limited <laughs> in in your scope of what you know, right? And the person who wrote it, who wrote the prophecy, has the entire picture, and they're not giving you the entire picture because if they did. It wouldn't be a fucking prophecy. It would just be this. It would be laid this out. This will happen you. later, <laughs> right? It would be a. It would be a declarative statement and not a prophecy. That is the difference between a declarative statement and prophecy. One is very vague and one is not. Which is and why so prophecy are, is bullshit. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe some, some things, but in this show, in this, in, in in for right now, just dealing with with Star Trek Picard. Uh, I don't know if, if it's bullshit, if there is no prophecy and it's just, we're limited by the scope of what we know, both Vulcan or both Romulan and, and human, uh, then, then is it like, who's the big bad is the big bad, just the Zot Vosh and there is no destroyer. Because then, like, what are they going to do for season two? Well, I think there might be a destroyer. Like I said, I think it's it's an external third party that we haven't seen yet that's going to come in once this specific AI evolution threshold happens. And that's what they're going to be dealing with in season two. And it may be that data. Ah, it may be. 
I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. It's it's interesting. They've there there's several avenues that they could take. And I'm not sure that any avenue is is really a bad avenue depending on how they how they write the story. Yeah, what I if it's what if it's not necessarily a destroyer like we think? It is maybe a destroyer of the distinction between AI and human. Well, and that may be what they're afraid of. They haven't really said. Right. So like. So they could be interpreting it that way as well, that the destroyer is the dis, like the destruction between biological, uh, the, the, that and, distinction yeah. between biological and, and uh, uh, robotic. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's I, a it's, interesting theory too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to think of all the ways they can fuck this up. <laughs> well, there's plenty of ways that they can fuck this up. I maybe, but I haven't thought of one bad idea yet. Like everything in my head canon that I go through, it's like, man, I'm okay with all of yeah. this. Like, you really only way they could really, 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 really fuck this up is I, in my opinion, is if they bring in the, the, the discovery bullshit. Discovery Which part. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me about that because I don't watch shit shows. Well, just which part? Which part? Tell me, James, which part of the discovery bullshit? <laughs> uh, the time travel, uh, the, the it's not the Borg. We all thought it was going to be the Borg, but it oh, the control. The, Borg. the control, yeah. Okay. Uh, if, they, if they try to merge this and make some kind of MCU fucking universe where control <laughs> is now in, in the past as well as in the future as well as every like fuck that bullshit I don't need it I don't I don't yeah. want it Star Trek doesn't need that uh, if they go that route that's the one and only way that they will fuck this up for me they could literally literally do almost anything else but if they do that they could make fucking Captain Archer the, the fucking destroyer I don't give a shit, but if they bring back, if they bring control in from discovery, number one, it alienates those that don't watch quote unquote shit shows because Jason's going to be sitting there going, what the fuck is this? And why do I give a shit? Agreed. I, I think, I think discovery might touch on. I, I would hope that they might Why? touch on what has happened in Picard just in terms of because they would have to be the other way around. Picard would have to touch on what happened in discovery. No, because discover uh, everything prior to season two, every, well, everything up to season two has been deemed uh, has more or less been right. classified. Hush, hush. Right, it's been classified. Right? right. So the only thing you can do is in season three is they fit, they find out what had happened something's wrong with Starfleet. We, we get that from the previews. So you're saying discovery is going to have to go come back in time. No, I don't think they're going to come back in time, but I think they will. They will. Oh my God. You you don't say either. Um, So I think, (laughs) I I, I think discovery will just mention Uh, maybe. Why? Just ignore it. I hope not. No, I hope not. Look, I, I am, I have always been okay with with a little bit of crossover in Star Trek. I've always thought it was great when Deep Space Nine went back and they were on the space station with the Tribbles with with Kirk. I was like, all right, cool. But it's always been one episode. They've been one off episodes, right? There's in Enterprise. There were a lot of callbacks to things that happened in the uh, the Next Generation or that were going to happen, and then they kind of went off the rails. Uh, I'm okay with Voyager bringing in fucking. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes 
uh, and Marina Sirtis and the guy who played Barkley, uh, also who was, uh, uh, he was on the A-team, Murdoch on the A-team. Uh, I'm okay with it, bringing those characters in. But again, they're always one or two episodes. It's not like this big thing where they're trying to create this universe because the universe, the MCU of Star Trek already exists. They don't need to try to tie everything in because everything ties in together already. And yeah, what happens is, is when you do, right. But what happens is when you do things like Discovery, and we, they had the same issue with, with, with Enterprise. When you do things with Discovery, things that are done in the past, you start having to retcon shit that you didn't have any business needing to retcon. For right. example, Spock has a sister. What? Uh, Half sister. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make right. sense because you never saw Spock talk about her. So they retcon that as oh, because well, it's classified. And Spock can't it's talk classified. about it. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's stupid. It doesn't add to Spock the character. It doesn't add to Michael the character. It's dumb. So if they start to do that with Picard, and especially if they start doing that on the last two episodes of the first season, I think number one, it invalidates the greatness that has been Picard up to this point, because this has been, in my opinion, up to now, a really good series. Yep. It has fleshed out Picard afterwards. It has shown us what Starfleet has turned into. It's shown us uh, the ramifications uh, of when, you know, one of the superpowers in the galaxy loses their home world and what happens to them and how people get lost in the cracks. It's been a really good series. And I think that if they do this, if they go down that road with control, I I will be completely turned off. I will hate this series uh, and I will think it's dumb. I, I, that said, I don't think it will because Picard, like Patrick Stewart was like, he's read it, right? He was helping write this. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he would take too kindly to like trying to build this MCU type thing. Like just let Picard stand on its own. That's what we've always done with all yeah. of the other Star Trek series is we let them stand on their own. Yeah. So, and even the 2009 reboot with look, people always laugh at me because I say wrath of Khan is a great movie. It's one of the greatest it's for me, it's in my top five movies of all time. It's the best Into Star Darkness, Trek movie. I would agree with that. Into Darkness is the second best Star Trek movie, and it's in my top five, but only because it stands on its own while at the same time really being a mirror of what Wrath of Khan was. And it's done with great acting, and in my opinion, with with pretty good writing. I won't call it great writing, but I'll call it pretty good, pretty good writing. Uh, and fairly decent acting by Zachary Kinto. So I, I know I get laughed at, especially by trickers or trickies, whatever the fuck you want to call yourselves. I, I get that, but I it stands on its own, even while it mirrors Wrath of Khan. I, I'm not a fan of Heart of Darkness. Into Darkness. Into Darkness. Um it was okay. I'm I'm not a fan of the Kelvin movies. They were great action movies. They were great action movies set in a Star Trek setting. They were not great Star Trek movies. I would agree with that for the third one. I didn't really care for the third one because it was like Fast and Furious in space. Thought it was kind of stupid. Well, wasn't it the same? Wasn't it the same director uh, that did know, some of the John Fast and Cho Furious? Was or? the director for that one? Wasn't he? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Did he do Fast and the Furious movies? 
Uh, did he? Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Regardless, it doesn't matter. A little I, research on the fly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> Dude, John, Don, John Cho was one of the characters. He's Sulu. Freaking idiot. Justin Lin. Justin Lin. That's him. Yeah, oh I got those two completed. My bad. Wow. No, no. No, you're an idiot. It's okay. We understand. <laughs> wow. Well, you would know uh, what an idiot looks like. Because I see pictures of you every day. And you look in the mirror every day. So Justin Lin, 2006 to 2015, Fast and Furious franchise, specifically there you go. Tokyo Drift. Yeah, there you go. And so, six. I didn't care for three. I thought and one five. was a, I thought one was a pretty and good action four. movie in space. And I thought it it did a really good job of showing the difference between the original series and this and like, so what can happen, how things, one thing gets moved, like how it's the butterfly effect. I thought that's what the 2009 reboot did. It showed the butterfly effect very well. Uh, and then I thought into darkness, I've already talked about that, but three was, yeah, complete trash. Don't watch three. Okay. <laughs> like, I know this is, I know this is completely off the rails. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Just looking up Justin Lin. Um, he's directing, a live action Hot Wheels. Yay. Anyways. <laughs> I told you it's off the rails. So <laughs> I saw that when I was looking. We're going long on this. Um, a couple things that I did want to bring up. I thought it was a nice uh, callback to the, the running duality theme in this series. Uh, when Picard was talking with Soji and talking about data. And she um, she was asking about data and and how she thought. Data would have felt about Picard and Picard said that both of them had trouble expressing their emotions and feelings, but they had trouble expressing their emotions and feelings for different reasons. One suppressed his emotion and feelings towards others. That would be Picard. Whereas data strived to be able to express emotion and feelings towards others. He just didn't have the capacity until he got his emotion chip. So I thought that was a nice callback to the duality between two characters. Um, I was going to ask you what a Reserva Real is, and that was a some kind of Romeo cigar uh, box that he had. Oh, Romeo y Julieta. Oh, okay. So that was a real yeah. kind of cigar. A real cigar, yes, sir. Cool. Um, Rios has great taste in music. He was listening to Billie Holiday's Solitude on vinyl. Which is how you should listen to Billie Holiday. Which is amazing uh, considering what year it is. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought it was uh, nice that uh, Dodge kind of shut Gerardi up whenever she was playing 20 questions with her and treating her like Pinocchio. Okay. Yeah, well, no, I don't disagree. I think that that's like the whole point. The whole point of this is they are people. They have to be treated like people. This whole series really goes back to measure of a man, the TNG episode measure of a man, where is data a person or is data a toaster? These things are Coffee not maker. toasters. Coffee, <laughs> Coffee maker. They're not appliances. They are not uh, slaves to be used to put together ships. They are not slaves to be used to go into combat. They are people and they have their own individual. They're individuals. They have their own thoughts. They are sentient. They are, and so that's what this, this this series is all about too. It's it's about their uh, their journey, right? Yeah. All right. Um, oh, also, fries and peppermint ice cream is absolutely delicious. 
that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. <laughs> really? <laughs> because yes. I, and you've said a lot yeah. of really weird shit. So <laughs> I'm not a fan of Shut peppermint ice cream mouth, on Jason. its own, but with uh, with some salty French fries, man, it's some delicious shit. Can we also just for a moment just recognize the fact that an admiral told Picard to shut the fuck up? Well, it's not only any speak. admiral. It's the C&C of Starfleet. Yep. Told him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I loved it. And yeah. there's a great meme out there that said that. Uh, uh, <laughs> so it's that, right? Shut the f- Picard, shut the fuck up. And then it, the episode was written by Will Wheaton, directed by Will Wheaton. Yeah, produced by, by yeah. Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was so, pretty clever. I've got a, I've got a question. Um, yeah. Quick question: Is, uh, is the planet full of other dodges? Do you yes. think? Yes, I think th- there's going to be quite a few more. Yeah. Do you think it, all females are dodge and all males are some other template? I think so. What yeah. What if the template's data? I don't know. Maybe. I, no. Well, do you th- do you think a Starfleet person would know what data looks like? He is the one and only Starfleet officer that's an android. I would have thought people would recognize him. Well, but would they recognize him in human skin? Oh, not gold. Well, he would still have the he would still have the same facial features. Does Dodge? No, he would just look like Noonie like a young Noonie and Sue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not everyone well, is I mean, familiar you, with Noonie and Sue. I mean, if you, you I mean, look at Brent Spiner before and after makeup, you can kind of see Brent Spiner, but I'm not sure if you just put a bunch of pictures together with data in the middle and said, pick Brent Spiner out of this lineup that everybody would be able to do that. Well, is it Brent Spiner? Is it data? Which which one am I supposed to choose? The same person. So if, well, I mean, so if you had like data as the center picture and then you have a bunch of people that kind of look like data, but in human form and then have Brent Spiner in that lineup, would everybody be able to pick Brent Spiner as the person that's made up as data? Yes, because he's dreamy. Well, you could now, but would you have been able to before uh, Star Trek The Next Generation came out? Oh, no. Like, But that's what I'm saying. I'm familiar with both characters. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm familiar with Brent Spiner, the actor, and Data, the character. No, absolutely not. If you're not, if you don't watch them, like if you're not familiar with them, you don't know. No. I would be able to pick them out. So that's what I'm saying is if it's a human looking form of data, if he used himself to model the male version, then yeah, you, you may not be able to say, Oh my God, that looks like data in human form. So, so you think females, all females look like Dodge and all males look like data or something else. You think there's, I I think there's two. Yeah. I think there's two templates and that's it. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. think so? Okay. Well, I mean, so well, we, we've seen it, it, three Dodges so far. Yeah. True. So, so but I, I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering if the reason why we saw three Dodges is because, um, that first batch didn't, wasn't necessarily a hundred percent. And, uh, first because batch, like they're fucking cookies. 
Well, I'm, I'm yeah. Okay, series. The first series, right, uh, or whatever that comes out, right? <laughs> I mean, because they knew they were androids. Well, yeah, right? but I mean, okay. they, they were well but aware. But I think everybody that they on the planet, androids. I think everybody on the planet knows that they're androids. I think that he just had these three specifically programmed. Whoever he is could be a she, uh, Maddox, and whoever, because you know it. Somebody else is still down there doing it. So possibly. Uh, had these three programmed to find out certain things. So, for example, Dodge sought out Picard specifically, was programmed to find Picard. Under distress. Right. When shit went down, when she was under duress, find Picard. Because she was on Earth and Picard was on Earth. Right. Other Dodge doesn't have that. She doesn't have that program. She 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 doesn't trust him. Right. So... That said, these three, the one that died that Rios saw get killed, uh, and then Dodge and other Dodge, they were programmed differently than the population on this planet. And I think there is a population. I think that it is probably larger than we think. And I think it's probably been there for a minute. But we also know that there's a fourth Dodge-looking one out there anyway because they're created in pairs. Well, yes, okay, yeah, I, I, and I realize that, but I'm just wondering if they're all Dodge, you know? Maybe I don't. I I, I mean I, I can't know. say for certain, but I would I would lean towards yes. There there there's two templates, and they're because otherwise, what if they don't tell us there's another template, and that's left for season two? Maybe like the male template. Yes. Like we don't see what the male template looks like. Right. Right. We don't see that. In fact, they don't even mention it. Other than it the fact know, that we know de- that there's a It male. all depends on how this all plays out, right? Um, so Rios knows what the male on, looks like. It all depends on, what was that? A, what, was that an android? I'm trying to yes. think. They were both androids. They, there was sh- a male and a female, right? Yes. Flower, yeah. Flower Child or whatever the fuck his name was, was a male. Okay. Um, and then, uh, now because I'm, he said, we took on two passengers, uh, a man and a woman. Okay. Because well, now said, I was questioning myself whether you. I, actually, yeah, I was questioning myself whether I actually heard man and, and or male I, and female. I heard, I, uh, yeah, I heard that it was male at some point in time. All right. Because he said, because uh, I think he's, uh, Rio said something like, you know, he was very blah, da, 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 da. You know, um, you know, he used the masculine form. Uh, whether it be a pronoun or whatever at some point when he was talking about the androids. Right. Okay. I think this all is going to be dependent upon who it is that's building the androids. Is it because here, here are the options, right? Maddox and Maddox did it alone by himself and that's it. And he's gone. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I think uh, lore, I think lore is a big one that everyone just keeps forgetting about. I think maybe it was Maddox and lore. Especially since Maddox was going against the Federation. The Federation's like, no, you can't do this anymore. And yeah, Laura do you think like, Laura would just turn over and say, hey, um, well, wait, he was deactivated. He was deactivated, yeah. but um, Data still had him someplace in storage yep. someplace. Yep. And yeah. who would okay. know where he was in storage? Maddox would absolutely know where he was. So I think that's a possibility. Uh, I, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a hologram that's helping out, uh, ascension hologram, or maybe it's data because Maddox downloated his Ooh, from engrams 
from B4 into Lore's uh, more advanced positronic matrix. And it's now it's data lore because they're one, they're one person with the experiences and memories of both. Maybe that would be, you know what? I'd be okay with that. I would be way okay with that, but I don't know if that's the case. I really hope that we see data again, but I have this sneaking suspicion that they're going to throw us a big giant curveball, And as long as it's not control, I'll be okay <laughs> with it. All right. Final thoughts. None. James. Yes, sir. Is this episode of Star Trek Picard, The Broken Pieces, more sci-fi than 112263? So there's androids, spaceships, aliens. Uh, I didn't see any time-traveling closets, so yes, uh, this episode of Picard is definitely 100%, 1,000%, 1 billion percent more sci-fi than 112263 could ever, <laughs> ever dream of being. Rob, you got a haiku for us? Always, sir. Always. Well, lay it on us, man. This haiku is titled Old Man Picard. I need a strike force. Other Dodge's plan might work. I can't fly the ship. (laughs) (laughs) He can't. Uh, That was so funny. He cracks his knuckles. He's all getting ready to compose like some kind of fucking virtuoso piano player. He's like, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Yeah. I actually, I I like snorted when that happened. I was just like, oh, Oh, yeah. That's great. I belly laughed. Yeah. Because it's great. It shows that how, how, Bar Picard is is removed from captaining, piloting. Now, yeah. Do you think starship. all the you know? You, do you think all the starships uh, have uh, are piloted that way? Yes. Uh, I yeah, so. I think all the newer ones are. Yeah. 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 No, no longer the pad interface. No, I think they've nah, because even their pad, computer systems, L cars, L cars. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, even their computer systems have moved on to the the holographic uh, screens. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, who's got awards? Yes, sir. Rob, who's got your Black Lung Award? I gave it to Rios for drowning his sorrows in a cigar. Okay. I don't know how you can drown anything in a cigar. I I don't know, but he was trying. Very hard. He was. Yes. All right, James. Uh, Yeah, Rios. I mean, look, when you've got a box of Cubans... You're getting my black lung award, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rios is getting my black lung for uh, pretty much that as well because he keeps all of his really important keepsakes in a Cuban cigar box. So, James, who has your head lush? Uh, uh, Rios does for drinking an entire bottle of something. Okay. Rob? Um, I gave mine to almost Rafi. Almost Rafi? Almost Rafi, because, you know, she went into her uh, her room <laughs> to get a drink yeah. and <laughs> couldn't because she locked herself out of it because she knew her future self was going to want to drink. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly who's getting mine, too. So yeah. I'll go with Almost Rafi as well. Rob, who's got your Purple Hippo? So my uh, Purple Hippo or, or sorry, player? player? Okay, player. Uh, my player is going to Santiago Cabrera. 
the actor uh, for playing six different characters in one show. <laughs> yeah. James, that, that I, I can see it. I can see it while they're filming it. Which accent am I supposed to be doing right I now? I don't remember. His, his Scottish accent's a little bad. Just yeah. Give it to him. Give it <laughs> yeah. to him. Okay. Come on. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, this is the player award. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't see anybody getting any kind of action anywhere. So who gets it in perpetuity? If we imaginary six. Yeah. Okay. That. <laughs> God, it sounds like a, it sounds like deja vu. Like this happened last episode. I know. Yeah. I know. Who gets it? Imaginary. Who the fuck's that? <laughs> I like Rob's yeah, I, purple hippo or a player. I'm, I'm really wanting to get to the purple hippo for some fucking reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like Rob's player. I was originally going to give it to imaginary six, but I like his, so I'm going to give it to uh, uh, Santiago Cabrera as well. Hmm? James, who's got your purple hippo? Uh, my, well, <laughs> my purple hippo is going to be a, it's a, it's a tie. It's a dual award. However we want to do this. It goes to Rafi and all six of captain Rios. <laughs> Okay. Because that, I mean, just uh, what kind of head trip is that? Yeah, no shit. Uh, Rob? Um, I gave mine to the uh, Zotvash for going through the admonition. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, that's, uh, it's such a head trip yeah. that some of them go fucking insane. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, no, a, no, that's, right? not, that's, that's a, a bad good one. one. And we have figured out what made that board, uh, that one ship in that board cube so special. They assimilated... A Zotvash. That was half insane, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, yeah, and so that's what, it was her sheer force of will that shut down that board cube. Right. Wow. So mine is going to go to seven of nine for patching into a board cube and becoming a mini queen. You know, that had to and have started been a talking head. in a third person. <laughs> yeah, dude. you know, that had to have been a head trippy experience. Yeah, that's true. That's a that's a really good one too. I, I'll tell you when when she came on the screen, uh, I went, "Damn, she's still so fucking hot." Yeah, she is. Oh, Jerry Ryan, Jerry Ryan, call me. <laughs> yeah, call him. <laughs> okay. All right. So next week we will be uh, discussing episode nine of season one of uh, Star Trek Picard. This is the part one of a two part season finale so look forward to go. that and then part two <laughs> episode 10 i will be drinking the federation reserve bottle of wine that i got to compliment the chateau picard i'll let you know how that goes uh we'll be uh i'll be drinking that live while we do this this uh episode for episode 10 <laughs> yeah that should be fun are you going to be drinking your chateau picard uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it, I am. Does that uh, mean I'm hosting? Because you guys will be. You're not hosting. No, you're not hosting ever. Not hosting. No, no. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. <laughs> what guys? Who wants you to host this show? Do you not look at Discord? Everybody does. When they say things like Rob is saddest, no, I do not look at Discord. I am when I see that I turn off Discord, I walk away from the Discord. You know, and that's kind of that how I feel. That, that is the exact reaction that I do when you start talking about Corona Media. Oh my God. 
<laughs> That's all we got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Our pod crawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast. Or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. For this week, I am Jason. My exact response was, sweet baby Jesus, the cube has a cockroach problem. (laughs) Jerry, no, I'm serious. Like, Christine Hendricks means nothing to me. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, damn. Call me Jerry. Christina, you can come over anytime, sweet thing. And we'll talk to you next week. Yes, I did. Kissy noises. I sure did. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm hoping she listens. I I am too. (laughs) I I am too. Rob, you got squigglies? Yeah. Oh, don't sound so excited. Right? Jesus. I'm tired of hearing about Corona media. Well, when you've lived through it like you have. It's old news. Right. You're a survivor. I am. You should start a survivor. I'll start surviving. You should not sing anymore. (laughs) By the way, that was recorded. I know. It was. Yeah. We're putting that in the podcast. That's going in the back end. I'm taking my temperature every hour, too, just to make God, sure I don't God. start is running it, is a fever. You're, you're getting thermometer? too worked up over this, man. I mean, <laughs> you got to weigh the, your risk exposure. No, just, Jason, was, well, he does, he's go. not doing it because he has to. He's doing it because he wants to. I mean, oh, yeah. it's a butt thermometer. <laughs> it feels <laughs> it's good. A big one too. It's, it's, one of them, it's one of them horse thermometers. <laughs> Livestock thermometer, yes, like candy sir. thermometer. Yeah. It ribbed for his pleasure. <laughs> I don't think they make those. Oh, I'm sure you can find one. Well, guess what? I guess internet, I'll look. The internet is is dark and full of terrors. Full of terrors, yes, it is. <laughs>